Hello and welcome to the True Purpose podcast. My name is Will Stewart and I'm founder of True Purpose Enterprises, a group of businesses that are all about driving the conversation about purpose. On this podcast, you'll hear from inspiring business leaders and amazing people about how purpose is important for people, profit and planet. So it's an honour and a privilege to welcome this week's guest to the True Purpose podcast. Uh, it's the legend of Sarah Crimes. So Sarah is an accomplished and experienced marketeer. She has learned her trade in the luxury sector at Aspinall's for finding the true love of a career in chocolate and becoming a vital cog in building the purpose-led and uber-impressive Montezuma's brand. She joined The Point over four years ago, um, really to evolve and develop our brands uh, and own our brand message and share what we were doing uh, across every aspect of our business. Sarah is an ambitious, funny, kind, loyal badass, and she is a super talented marketeer. I'm incredibly proud to have her uh, on my board of directors of True Purpose Enterprises, and I'm super excited to share her story of purpose. Oh, thanks, Will. That's a lovely introduction. So welcome, welcome. Thank you. So um, we we work together, we um, and um, that's amazing. You know, I call you my honesty angel, which um, for me is all about you holding me to account for sort of everything we do and tying it back to our you know true purpose led mission. Um, and I would also say you're the most purposey person in our business. Um, so. With that sort of as a base, let's talk about, let's talk about purpose. You know, if I Google, I did Google, okay. I Googled what purpose was and um, it's a very confusing thing, purpose. Now, the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists, the purpose of the meeting is to appoint a trustee. Uh, there's no real, there's nothing really you can find out. I think purpose is something that you have to uh, discover hopefully through this podcast. So, what is purpose, and what is it to you? Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting, and it's it's such a big word. And I think, in a way, maybe people overthink it and and think it's kind of should be something when actually, I believe purpose is it, it's almost like it's your core. It's like so deep within you that potentially not everybody discovers their purpose for a while and that's certainly in my case you know I don't think I really understood what purpose was until I was in my 20s um but I think it's a really important thing it's it's a real leveler and I think certainly in my role as your honesty angel which I love that role um when you when you've got you come to me occasionally with a bit of a dilemma and and I will then put my honesty angel head on and go right let's you know think back let's really get to the root of of this problem and the root of our purposes our values so it, it for me it's a real yeah a real leveler in life so there's, there's two parts there's you know purpose in business and then your purpose as a person so you've worked mainly for purpose-led mm. businesses. So you've, I don't know, merged the two. Um, you know, what What was it, I guess, you know, well, let's talk about purpose. What, you know, what do you feel your purpose as a person maybe is first? And you said you 
you discovered it in your in your twenties. Yeah. So, you know, what happened or what was the origins of that story? Yeah. So I think um well, something I learned only this week is that our brains are developing right up until our kind of mid twenties. So And then they're in decline. Yeah, I think so. A very <laughs> rapid decline, I think. But and I, I often think about that now as an adult and as a mother of a teenager, I kind of try and say to my daughter, you know, you don't know who you are yet. You don't know everything about who you are and who you're going to be. And and I think, certainly in my experience and from talking to friends, it's taken me a while, you know, till my, really in the last five years to find who I am and truly be, be happy with who I am. Um, but purpose is something that is massively important to me now and in yeah in business and and in personal life i it might be you know an early experience do if i if i can talk about that whether that's useful yeah i i I think you know if you can what you know what was the because it it is a confusing topic you know we can have a purpose as a business you're finding yourself as a fascinating one like Mm. you you know, a teenager is not who they think they're going to be. You know, we all went through that process. But you know, is there a you know is there a moment where you went, oh, this is me, or I have a more purposeful, or I have a you know reason to yeah. to do something? Well, well, there's two things. One, when I was about ten or eleven, my mum works for the Body Shop, oh. and um, the Body Shop head office is in Littlehampton, which is like really close to where I live, and. Anita Roddick, who founded The Body Shop in the 70s, is, oh, you know, was a really phenomenal businesswoman. I mean, Head of a game. If there was a purpose-led business leader that we could talk to, it would be her. Like, she is, she's unbelievable in what she achieved in the 70s, 80s, 90s. So when my mum worked there, as a member of staff, they had these family days. And it was so great. And we used to go and see the factory and see where all the body lotion was made and the soaps and you all remember like the squidgy body shop soaps and it was just brilliant and one of these family days was in Anita Roddick's garden Wow! and it was absolutely amazing and I remember being like 10 probably with my grandma with my mum my sister and we went to Anita Roddick's house and Anita Roddick was there and it was just like oh my god like wow this is this did you meet her yeah really and but but actually, do you know who we met that was more poignant to me was her gardener. So her gardener took us around her gardens. She was an I mean, again, you probably could expect that of her that yeah. she loved her gardens. Yeah. She had this beautiful orchard at the back of her gardens with all these apple trees. And this yeah. guy took us through the plants. And my grandma's like amazingly love loves gardens. Um, and I just even at ten, I was just walked away from there thinking. Gosh, she's an amazing person and her gardener like loves her and talked about her in such a wonderful way. And it was, I didn't know it at the time. Now as an adult, I can see that her, my mum, her, you know, my mum's friends who worked for her, this gardener, they all had this real purpose and drive that had come from Anita. They were all these people working in the same business for the same reasons and it was a really special thing. And I, I always loved Anita Roddick as a child and I loved the body shop and because mum worked there. And now as an adult and purpose is so important to me, I can just see that those 
early moments of being introduced to a purpose-led business actually have kind of these deep-rooted yeah. messages to me. It's fascinating that you got that experience because if you hadn't had that experience, could it have been different? You know, could you have just not seen, like at 10 years old, you've seen something different to, you know, other people that go to work days yeah. and see a factory or, you know, something where, you know, someone's not being treated as well. Whereas you've got to experience, you know, a, a bit of a, a purpose-led business, but also, you know, you a very, very inspiring person. Yeah. You know, do you think, you know, exposure at a young age to a very inspiring person is what's really driven you because that you, you that stuck with you for a long time 100 <laughs> percent. and i you know as i would also say probably my mum who my mum loved work mm. my mum always loved work she loved her job at the body shop and even before that you know she worked for midland bank who are now obviously hsbc um and she loved her job and she i feel like having my mum as this role model to show me that work can be something you love has allowed me through my life to not accept anything but that. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And I think that probably comes from her working for Body Shop and being such a wonderful place to work, actually. Was she at the bank before Body Shop? She was at the bank before the Body Shop, yeah. yeah. So, but she loved both, but yeah. she loved Body Shop more. Yeah, she did. Yeah, it's a really special place for her, I think, yeah. Yeah, again, so that's like, you know, loving your job. Mm. You know, why did she love her job? Was it purpose? Or was it that she felt she was making a good, a better contribution to society by working for a purpose-led business? Well, in my experience, and as you said, I've worked for a few businesses that are purpose have been purpose-led or are purpose-led, and a few businesses who probably haven't had that as their core. And there's been an enormous difference for me, as a member of staff, to the team I have around me and to the culture that everybody feels when they work for a purpose-led business. And I think that stems through so many levels. So right at the beginning, when you're recruiting someone, if your job advert talks about how important your purpose is, ultimately you will then attract people mm -hmm who recognise that as something important to them. Yeah. So straight away, we're recruiting better people if we've got a purpose running through our business. But they could just want to do the right thing but not be good people. Yes, but if they want to do the right thing... <laughs> That's why we ask the other questions, right? <laughs> but yeah, I, I, yeah, totally. I think, you know, business is about culture and purposes are, you know, the heartbeat of the culture. So, you know, from a recruitment point of view, getting people that are you know, if they tie, if they believe in your purpose, yeah. it's winning hearts and minds. You want to attract good people. Um, yeah, they're going to be tied into it. It makes sense again, right? Definitely, I think. You know, you, you obviously like you. Everybody wants to earn earn a wage. We have to earn a wage to live. A, you know, live our lives. But I think having a purpose, having that culture, improves everybody's happiness in work. Improves productivity, creativity. And it allows, yeah, the right type of people to come in and all work together and, and value what you're doing for the greater good, whatever that may be. It, it doesn't just affect staff. I've noticed firsthand at my current role and at previous roles, 
if you put out, you know, your message of purpose or mission or whatever it is, you often attract other businesses mm. with like-minded values. Yes, yeah, agreed. And but that's only going to be beneficial for us both, for us and for our clients, if yeah. we are all along uh, on one page here. And my, um, you, when you did the introduction there, I, you know, I did spend ten years of my career at Monsieur's Chocolates, and it was absolutely, uh, yeah, the most incredible business uh, with the most incredible business leaders. And you joined just to talk about one. So you joined really early stages, yeah. you know, in that sort of startup phase. So Monsumis is a purpose-led business. I think, you know, we worked with them as a client. That's how we met. In yes. fact, um, you know, I loved the business because it was a, it was a purpose-led chocolate brand. There's lots of chocolate brands I like. Um, so, you, you know, with the your time at Monsumis, which, yeah, was a big chunk of your career, you know, did that form... Was it purpose led at the start? Were, you know, were were the founders you know, purpose led? Yes, right from the start. Right from the start. And why? Why? I think they are dissimilar to to you know the way that you have had purpose running through the core of your business before others did. Helen and Simon, who were the founders of Montezuma's, they had environmental issue, you know, sustainability um, kind of practices trading fairly um running through the core of their business well before other businesses did in my opinion yeah we used to actually call helen you know i worked for helen in, from 2006 um so a really long time ago actually and we used to call her the green goddess and um <laughs> you know that was in 2006 she was adamant about don't use paper unnecessarily you know honestly they got to the extreme sometimes but it was all for the purpose of environment and yeah. the message that we were trying to get across in what we were doing. I think that it came where their purpose came from. I'm not entirely sure, but I think it was seeing firsthand. They travelled in South America and I think they saw firsthand what cocoa plantations were like mm. and the challenges that they faced and the people and the fact that, so for example... Um, the farmers were not given a fair price, even on fair, even fair trade, mm. they weren't given a fair price for it. So they decided we want to do something differently here. We can bring incredible chocolate to the market in the UK where they're in 2000 and well, the business had already been established. Right? I think it started in 2020, actually. Yeah, there wasn't organic, there wasn't the kind of, you know, high cocoa content, really great quality chocolate. We were eating Cadbury's Galaxy of Bourneville. And I know you like Bournemouth, but I am not a fan of a Bournemouth <laughs> bar. Um, so I think their purpose came from seeing firsthand what, yeah, that things could be different. Were they, you know, were they, there's a cost to purpose, though, yes. right? So, you know, the problem as founders, you know, if you're going to be sustainable and do the packaging and make mm -hmm. sure you're paying a fair price and blah, blah, there's a cost. Mm -hmm. And does, is, was, is that just detrimental to be able to, sell in a market like you know today where we've got cost of living crisis yeah the cost is you you're you're expensive then right yeah and and that was that was ultimately a challenge definitely for the brand because they were more expensive than everything else yeah on the shelf but i think with the right message and telling the right story yeah. and the why consumers will make the decision if they are if it is worth the extra 20p or 50p for a bar yeah. of chocolate or not 
Yeah. I, and, and that's the key thing here is if you're able to articulate the reasons why, mm-hmm. you know, the difference between value and price. Value is, you know, the price you're paying um, for the benefits you're getting. And so you can have good value, expensive things because you're getting a lot more benefits for the price you're paying. I think the big problem, you know, back then, my God, that, you know, 2000 was when it started, right? Mm. So, you know, that back then people didn't want to pay more. They didn't understand why. And also the messaging and communication mm. of that was different. You fast forward to, you know, Tony's Chocoloni now, yeah. right? And you look at how they do the messaging. It's absolutely everywhere. They're, everything they do is is driven by that. So I think it's um, A, fascinating that they were able to do it back then, but you know, exactly that. If you explain, you know, very clearly to the consumer why they're paying more um, and, you know, win hearts and minds, mm-hmm. you, know, you may have to buy less or you may be, you know, not able to afford that thing, but it's a choice. You're saying, you know, actually a lot of chocolate isn't as, uh, you know, as good for the planet as yeah. other brands, but you have a choice. Yes. And then it's where we go as a society you know, as a race of like, what are the, the choices? Would you rather choose something cheap mm. that's, you know, pillaging the planet or something more expensive and have less of it that is going to do good for the planet? And that, I think, is the big consumer swing that will come. You know, we've got a you know, tough couple of years ahead, but as we get through that, people, younger generations will choose a more purposeful option. And I think you touch on there is, it's about remembering that you don't have to make you, you, we can't. One person can't change the world, and one person can't buy everything organic, British, UK made, UK grown. That's not the point. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is make one small change. Make try and buy less bars of Cadbury's <laughs> and maybe one bar of of Monsumers or Tonys or whatever, whoever it may be. Um, my yeah, personally, this year. I've decided to not buy a single item of brand new clothing or shoes for the whole of 2023. I am allowed to buy underwear, um, <laughs> but I'm not allowed to buy clothes. And, you know, I this is hard for me. Did you not just cane it in December then I and didn't. just go, I'm just going to buy loads of... No, I didn't. And I, and it's, do you know... Why, why, why would you do that? You, you know, people like new clothes. New clothes make you feel good. So you're not giving, you're giving something up, right? Yeah. And I love new clothes and I, you know, it's, it's, it's part of me and I, it, it makes me feel great having a new dress. But actually, today, I'm wearing a new dress. I got this from Vinted. It was £10. Oh, it's, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're allowed to buy clothes? I'm allowed to buy second-hand clothes. I'm not allowed oh, okay. to buy new clothes. See, see, that's massive, right? I think sometimes when people make these pledges, I'm not going to buy any clothes, mm. blah, blah, blah. You know, that's eventually people get tired of these things and then the, the commitment weighs down and stuff. They have to be achievable, these mm-hmm. goals. Like that's a massive step, right? Because yeah. these are pre-loved stuff, right? And half this stuff's not been worn or whatever. But you're still able to get the joy of having something new, yeah. but you're not gonna you know be part of the problem of manufacturing new clothes. Yeah. We have enough clothes on this planet to last us probably 50 years yeah. without any new stuff. Okay, so that's fascinating. Yeah, and I think that's the point, exactly as you said there. It's not about, I'm not changing the world. I'm, I'm just making a small change to me this year. I am not buying a brand new item of clothes from a shop. I will buy pre-loved. I will 
hand-me-downs. You know, my friends know I'm doing it. My mum, bless her, comes around with a bin line and she's like, I'm taking all these out. They go to charity shop. And I'll be like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I've got my mum's old shirt. Um, and it's just giving me so much joy, actually, to, to, to think differently about my consumption of, of fashion this year. And... And, yeah. you can, and, you're, and you've told everyone you're doing it, right? Yeah. Which then is sort of making them think, right? Could I do it? And also... Could I be inspired and good, do it? The good thing of telling someone you're doing it, you have to do it. Yes, with any habit, right? Yes. So that's a... And you know this, and, and because I work for you, I know Will is someone who needs a date and a... You deadline, need, You yeah. need a deadline and you yeah. need to tell people, right, this is the, this is what I'm going to do. And I think that's a really good bit of advice. Like I was, yeah, I made sure, told people, don't let me buy anything new. Don't try and invite me shopping. Me and my sister used to love going shopping on a Saturday. Not anymore. It's charity shops, which she absolutely hates. Um, <laughs> so, uh, does, um, does purpose make you happy? Oh, so happy. Why? It really does make me happy. And, and I think, I think because it often makes other people happy as well. And a big part of um, me discovering little purposes in my life was around when I had my children and my first child and I had a really awful time. And that was the first time in my life that I kind of had to lean on other people in a massive way. And I feel eternally grateful to so many people for getting me through that period of time that it got me, yeah, when I come out the other side, I just think I need to make sure that I can help people to feel like I did when I got yeah. through it. Um, so you experience the kindness of people yes. in your moment of need that got you through something. So you want to pay it back, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. That's been a huge inspiration in my life and and led me to not only kind of hopefully help mothers and you know people in need at that time but also look at other areas of my life there was Anita Roddick happy when you saw her do you think I think she probably was do you think that again it's like you're seeing someone that's purpose-led who's doing the right things and they seem happy mm. right yeah and she probably was happy she, she had a very nice house well. and she had a very she had a nice garden. garden i'd love yeah. to have a garden as well. it's like i'd like some new plants could you just make it look pretty and i'll just sit here and watch you and have a cup of tea It'd be great um but that gets you know that's that's the interesting thing isn't it what i find fascinating about purpose is purpose is different for everyone yeah, you have to define it for yourself. Yes. And I, and, but I do think a big part of how you define yours is it being taking bits from other people, right? Mm-hmm. And in being inspired by other people because it's not going to, this is my purpose, it's defined. And I know there's like, I think even part that was saying, you know, you don't have to find your purpose or it's not controlling your life, all these sorts of things. It's, it's purely about you and you will go through phases of it where you might want to do a bit more or can't do. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you, know, you might not be able to you know, be purposeful or thinking of the planet at certain times because you've got other crises that's going yeah. on, right? What, um, what's your favourite biscuit? <gasps> oh, gosh. Um, right. So, you know, I never remember what they're called, but it's that rectangular... Biscuit with a big chunk of chocolate. Bowson Libnis. Libnis. Bowson. Yes. That yes. is the Libnis. Libnis. German brand. It's my yeah. favourite. But that's more, that's more chocolate than biscuit, right? Well, it's got a biscuit under the chocolate. 
I yeah. take the chocolate off first. Yeah, like it does rabbit. win on that. It does win yeah, on that. Yeah, you can take the whole bit off. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate then? Dark chocolate. Okay, good. Very, very important. The problem I would say, it's a good choice, mm. but the problem I would say with that biscuit, a couple of things. One is it's not a dunker, is it? No, it isn't a dunker. Because dunking a chocolate biscuit is a problem because it's going to affect your tea. <laughs> Just saying. Something with chocolate applied rather than the king of biscuits, the bold one. Um, and secondly, can you can you gorge them? Can you fe- Are they feastable, really? Yeah, I could have a whole packet. They're too, really too much. No. Maybe too much. No. For me, it's fine. Okay. I have a couple of packets. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> the biscuit question is important, I think, because uh, there's a right and wrong answer. And unfortunately, <laughs> your answer was wrong. <laughs> but um, the rest of your answers have been amazing. And I think, you know, as we explore this podcast together um, and just start to talk more about, you know, those stories and, and the differences you're making, you know, like you you're so central to our purpose here. You know, we're tying everything back. Those sorts of weird dilemmas I come to you with, like want to buy a hedgehog, that sort of stuff. It's like, does that get us back to what we're trying to, to achieve? It's not controlling us, but it is, mm. it's a sense check of doing the right thing. Um, but I think it's also really inspiring to hear like things you're doing in your own life. You know, you not buying new clothes for a year, you know, that would affect 50 60 other people who are all maybe thinking about it, think about your children who might think, well, well, you know, I should do those sorts of things as well. So I'd like to thank you very much for uh, coming on the podcast and sharing your story and um, see you later.